0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to our podcast here at Bay Point Church. Um, For those of you who might be tuning in for the first time, we are located in Nokomis, Florida. My name is Michelle Prine, and I'm here once again with Pastor John, and he's going to give us some insight um, regarding some questions. Now, the last ones um, have been pretty straightforward, simple ones, but this one is in three parts. So we're going to head into that and want to say welcome back, Pastor John, from your little vacation. Hope you're rested up and uh, glad to see you back.
1: I'm all revved up and ready to go (laughs) and uh, very uh, excited about tackling this uh, pretty long question, but it's a great question and uh, we're going to have to do a little digging.
0: That's right. So um, as I said, it's one question in three parts. So I'm just going to go ahead and read this. And uh, we'll take it in sections. Here's the first part. Since Jesus was conceived through the Holy Spirit, and he is the Son of God, wouldn't that make him very different from any other human being? More specifically, genetically speaking, his genes and are, or DNA are not carrying the sins of the fathers, like all humans are, that are passed through generations. And his natural personality traits are also different, better, more pure than other humans so that's the first part of it
1: well it's certainly true that jesus is different um the question is going to ultimately go around what they call the peccability or the impeccability of sin meaning that could jesus have sinned and were those temptations he experienced were they for real uh were there real consequences um and i think the uh, uh Scholarly uh, Christian worlds kind of divided on that question, uh, but Jesus is different uh, primarily because he is unique as the only being that's fully God and fully human. Now, this is what they call the mystery of the incarnation when a pre-existent Jesus who always was in future past or I'm sorry, in past always was and always is and always will be when he stepped into space and time to put on take on a physical body is quite miraculous, but also mysterious. What we do know, uh, although Jesus was fully human and fully God at this simultaneously, and by the way, he always will be in the future, uh, since the incarnation, uh, what we do know a little bit though is Philippians 2 tells us that he Despite being fully God, uh, in order to be fully human, he laid aside many of his divine prerogatives. Mm -hmm. Uh, Usually that's thought of as his omni-qualities, like being uh, omni-powerful or all-powerful, all-knowing, and uh, omnipresent. Uh, Obviously those things had to go away or laid aside. If he's going to encapsulate himself, if you will... Uh, or into a human body. Um, But he did not lay aside his divine nature when he did that, only more of his divine uh, powers. So he is the unique son of God and God the Son. So the question regarding sin, however, is kind of misunderstood uh, because sin is not transmitted through genetics, or bloodlines, we have uh, four different places, uh, primarily in the Old Testament, in Exodus 32, Numbers 14, Deuteronomy 5, and Jeremiah 32, that cites that the sins of the fathers, and if you wanted to be kind of neutral on that, the sins of the parents are passed down to uh, the children. Mm -hmm. Um, So how is this sin actually passed down? How is it actually transmitted uh, generationally? Um, Well, the argument here is it's not passed on through physical traits or physical uh, genetics. But these things are more passed on in terms of um, morally, uh, spiritually, uh, behaviorally, or more instinctively. Mm -hmm. I'd like to give a little example of that. If you ever heard that saying, the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree. (laughs) Or... Uh, he's just a chip off the old block, yeah. uh, meaning that, uh, children tend to take on, um, the attitudes and the behaviors, um, of what has been modeled for them, what has been, um, taught to them. Um, and, that, and that's why, <laughs> um, that is more how sin is transmitted, um, Less in a genetic, physically genetic way. Um, I remember growing up, I remember uh, when I was just a a young, young boy, um, I used to put on my fake tool belt and help my dad Mm -hmm. fix stuff around the house, around the cars. And um, I just remember one time when I uttered my very first cuss word. (laughs) And how I got kind of disciplined for that. But everybody really knew what the link of the cuss word, where I had heard oh, it first yeah. from, uh, not even being at school at that time or kindergarten. Mm-hmm. So it came straight from my father. Mm-hmm. So, so sin is more uh, a passing on uh, the moral, spiritual uh, attitudes, um, behaviors, and, and things like that. Um, that's really the nature of sin. And that's primarily how sin is transmitted. So to think that somehow uh, in regards to our question that sin is a genetic transference and Jesus didn't have to uh, deal with that part of his nature because obviously his father was his heavenly father and he was born of the Holy Spirit, so he didn't have to deal with that. Therefore, his sacrifice... Was there, or his life was easier, or um, his uh, temptations were not valid, is, re- is really not understanding the nature of how sin is transmitted.
0: Wow. Okay. You want to go on to the next one here, this next part? Sure. Okay, now get ready. If all these assumptions are in fact real... Then maybe it would have been almost impossible for him to sin, since his true nature was almost sinless, save for Mary's genetic pool, and therefore his ability to resist temptation from the devil and to be the most perfect human being who ever lived was part of who he was. His nature, genetically and spiritually speaking, a lot, then in parentheses, they put, a lot easier to do than for any other human being.
1: But what do you think of that, oh, Michelle? My Can goodness. you read that for us again? That's no, a- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I got it. I got it. So, Dude, um, a lot. well, let's go back. That original sin is moral and spiritual in nature, right? Uh, this is why the apostle Paul calls us in a couple places the children of disobedience. We have embedded in us uh, through original sin, um, which I think was the original sin of Adam and Eve. It it is rebellion. We really don't want anybody telling us what to do. We don't want our parents telling us what to do. We don't want others telling us what to do. And we do not want God telling us what to do. That's in our nature. Mm -hmm. And um, I tell you what, you you wonder why I perhaps i've raised children you have too and um there's a reason they call it the terrible twos (laughs) right so so but that's um you know that that's who we are naturally so were jesus's temptations real then again again if you go through you know the moral or spiritual or behavioral nature of sin um yes of course i i even though it's divided in uh you know church history about could have Je- could Jesus have sinned or not, I truly do believe he could uh primarily because as the Son of God and God the Son, he had free will right, and he really could have used his will to sin
0: mm-hmm.
1: if not, then the devil's got a fair beef, okay, mm-hmm. the devil can say. God, you you set it up. You set it up. He's not the perfect son if he could not have sinned. Um, That that wouldn't be fair in terms of this whole thing about redemption and how Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us, where we have in a multitude of places uh, in the New Testament. It it had to be fair. So when we see his temptations, uh, most notably in places like Matthew, uh, chapter 4, the three temptations of Christ, you know, uh, to turn the uh, stone into bread and to jump off the temple and to bow down to Satan for the kingdoms of the world, mm-hmm. um, those, those had to be very real. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Jesus was the most tempted of any human being just merely because of who he was. And uh, that's why the biblical writers could say with great confidence that we have a high priest. Um, We find this in Hebrews 4.15. We have a high priest who is tempted in all ways that we are yet without sin. So, so Michelle, if you want to take a moment to talk about all the ways you're tempted, well, I'm sure the audience (laughs) would be glad to hear that. I'm just kidding. but um, So he overcame those temptations. And because he did, he who had no sin, as Paul says in Romans, or I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 5.21, Uh, He who had no sin became sin for us. Mm -hmm. And that was a legitimate sacrifice, a perfect sacrifice, uh, to be able to remove our sin. And I like what the Reformers like to say about that, that through, through Christ dying on the cross, that we have received an alien righteousness, meaning a righteousness that is foreign to us, We are not naturally righteous because of sin. But when Jesus died, he transferred his righteousness to all who put their faith in him. And then he received an alien unrighteousness when he took on the sin of the world. So I love that. I love that transfer. It makes me uh, love Christ even more. Uh, Paul says, like in Ephesians 3.13, that... um, that he took on the curse, our curse for us. It's the same idea um, that he received all of our guilt, all of our condemnation for sin. He put that on himself so that we could be free from it. So... That's how I would respond to that particular question. I know you have another part of it.
0: Yeah, I was just thinking about the free will part and how important it is to remember that. But Jesus also had it. He wasn't a you know a robot. He wasn't the Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did
1: terminate
0: sin now, oh. didn't he?
1: Yes, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> had to throw the Terminator in. I love it. <laughs> okay, here is um, the third part. He no doubt experienced more mental anguish and physical pain than probably any human ever has or could experience. So at that level, we can all definitely relate to him. He truly suffered in the flesh so we could relate to him and so he could connect with us. But, and this is not a criticism at all of Jesus, living a sinless life was likely a lot easier for him than it was or is for any of us regular mortals, what do you think?
1: Well, I, I agree with most of what is said there. Obviously, Jesus, the mental anguish, especially okay. um, when he went to the cross, of Gethsemane. Uh, and I'm not sure that he, you know, not that crucifixions are easy. They were the most horrible, ignominious way uh, to be uh, punished Um uh, in this world, I mean, the Romans were master executioners. Um, I think his mental anguish really came from being separated from God. Hmm. For the first time in his existence, from eternity past, the cross represented the time when jesus would be separated from his father Mm -hmm. that's what crushed him that's what broke his heart that's what that's what what caused him to bleed Uh, i'm sorry to sweat uh blood droplets the mental anguish Mm -hmm. was so cruel and that's what caused him to say you know father if it's possible allow this cup to pass from me if there's some other way Mm -hmm. Make it happen, because I don't want to be separated from you. Mm -hmm. Reminds me of what Jesus said in the great Penitential psalm, Psalm 51, after he had fallen into sin with Bathsheba. Remember that story? Mm -hmm. Um, And then he gets caught by Nathan the prophet and all that. And he goes through a series of repentance. And the one big thing that David prays as he asks God to restore him is, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Because that is hell Mm -hmm. to go without God's spirit. Well, Jesus actually experienced that for a time uh, when he was making redemption for us on the cross. So, yeah, that mental anguish, none of us are ever going to experience uh, that kind of pain to that degree. Mm -hmm. That was unique with Jesus and what he experienced on the cross. So, right, we can relate, you know, with him. Uh, through some of the trials and and things we go through. Uh, What was the last part of that question? Uh, One more time, Michelle.
0: It is. So it says, uh, living a sinless life was likely a lot easier for him than it was for any of us.
1: Yeah, I I absolutely don't agree with that statement at Mm. all. Because think about all what's at stake. Yeah, really. You know, when when the devil truly understood, and I'm sure he did in the cosmic realm or spiritual realm, but think about it. Every other being, every other person before Christ, whom the devil tempted, fell into sin in one way or another. Mm -hmm. So at that poignant moment, those days in the wilderness, immediately after Jesus' baptism, When the devil throws the whole kitchen sink of temptation at him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And Jesus does not succumb to any of those temptations. Now, it's not recorded for us, but I'm sure that ratcheted up the stakes. The devil knew that this one's not going to go down without a fight, so Mm -hmm. to speak. And he knew that the redemption of the world in the end of his kingdom was at stake So he worked furiously overtime, if you will, probably every second that Jesus was alive on this planet to get him to fall into sin. The devil doesn't really worry about us a whole lot, you know what I'm saying? Unless we're trying to be effective for God. So who is going to be more effective for God in enacting the full plan of salvation and redemption for the entire world? It's going to be Jesus. So... Even though he did not have um, uh, kind of that disposition towards sin, like we do, that mm-hmm. proclivity towards sin, because we are born into sin, it's quite naturally mm-hmm. for us to sin. Mm-hmm. We, we don't have, Either. we don't, we don't need any encouragement. <laughs> Right, yeah, and so, uh, but I just think that because the stakes were so much higher for Christ, that the temptations were more severe, more real, more ongoing than any other being that ever existed, yeah. and so that just brings me to uh maybe one other point I think we need to touch upon, and, and that is when we think about the nature of sin, what I think what a lot of people kind of misunderstand is that the seat of spirituality is not our hearts a lot of people like to place more of our spirituality kind of in our hearts you know like ask jesus into your heart or the holy spirit's in your heart and then then i'm not saying that's not untrue or untrue i'm I'm not saying that at all but i'm saying paul is very clear about what. Where is the place of spirituality in the human being? And that is the mind. Mm -hmm. Because when he talks about sin, uh, particularly in the book of Romans, he always connects it with uh, futile thinking, uh, darkness of mind, darkness of thought, Mm -hmm. because your thinking controls your life. Yes. Right? Right. And um, so, and that's why he says, you know, we're saved when we repent, and the Greek term for repentance, the basic Greek term for repentance is noea, which means change your mind. You're huh. thinking this way right. about something. This way that you're thinking is wrong or it doesn't glorify God. Repent doesn't mean this whole emotional thing. I mean, it can't include emotions. But it means start thinking differently. And this is why Paul says in places like Romans twelve one and 2, That we are are renewed when our minds, when our thinking gets in. Present yourself as a living sacrifice by the renewing of your mind so you'll be able to tell what the will of God is. Because we are, like I said earlier, we are children of disobedience. So what we do is through the power of the Holy Spirit, we start changing our thinking. I don't want to any longer uh, sin against God. I do want to any longer disappoint my heavenly father i want to glorify him i want to obey him it's like what jesus said if you love me you obey my teachings Mm -hmm. so but that takes my mind to change and that's what we have to pray for people to really change their minds because once you change your mind then your
0: heart will change i never thought of it that way bring jesus into your heart you know that's a nice beautiful thing but your mind is the one that's Controlling it. Well, well,
1: it is. And I think, you know, just a little bit of what they would call biblical anthropology. I mean, the heart is more the seat of your emotions and your volition or your will. But the Mm -hmm. mind is what needs renewed. Wow. In in order to really, really, really be able to fend off temptation, um, to do the will of God. Uh, to glorify god and and things like that so that's why we're told all the time keep the word of god before us both day and night uh study it know it memorize it um you know those types of things because the word of god does enlighten our minds and when the bible talks about us you know coming out of darkness into his marvelous light Mm -hmm. that's kind of a revelation a spiritual revelation that god's Wisdom, will, works, wonders, ways, and word are superior.
0: Thanks for joining us for this question and answer segment. We look forward to seeing you at the Saturday beach service at 6 p.m. on the North Jetty, as well as our 9 a.m. contemporary service and 1030 a.m. traditional service. We're located at 208 Palm Avenue in Nokomis. And we'll see you at church. God bless.